Welcome to the latest episode of NXT Talk. We are your hosts. I'm Boris, and as always, on this somber Tuesday evening, I'm joined by Matt. Bonjour, or perhaps should I say Boris, au revoir, everybody. We hope you're doing well out there. Oh, man. Boris, it's, uh, you know, the dark clouds, they seem to be rolling in pretty thick. Right. It is insane. Right now, NXT yeah. land is imploding, exploding. Who knows what's going on? There seems to be a power struggle. There seems to be a lot of blame going around. And at the end of the day, it's all speculation. We really don't know. Um, you know, people can draw their conclusions about the Wednesday Night Wars and blaming Triple H and Bruce Pritchard and Kevin Dunn versus Triple H. And you know what the crazy part is, Matt? At the end of the day, right now, Vince McMahon is making the final call, and he's leaning towards one direction. Tomorrow, he can wake up and say, you know what, let's flip directions again. Oh, we've seen it, man. We've seen it. Things get changed mid-show a lot of the times if you watch Raw or SmackDown, it seems. So, yeah, that man changes his mind with the uh, the wind. But yeah, it's uh, it's definitely feeling like the changing of the guard in NXT. It feels like a new era. It feels like NXT 3.0. Yep, it really does. Um, and we'll see what happens. You know, like I'm uh, at the, on the surface of things, I'm being a pessimist, and it's hard not to be a pessimist with the WWE. It's so hard not to be angry and assume the worst with WWE. I find that when I assume the worst, expect the worst, and the worst doesn't happen. But it's still not good. I'm not as angry. So I'm going to keep this ball rolling as we go into NXT TakeOver 36 on Sunday, which again, as we predicted, was going to cause a lot of kerfuffle um, among the WWE ranks. Um, So yeah, dude, this was a go-home show for TakeOver on arguably NXT's biggest takeover of the year which well traditionally brooklyn the SummerSlam takeover has been their biggest of the year yeah man and you know what i uh i do think this was not that bad this is this was still a much better television show than raw or smackdown oh, for sure it's there's still a lot of really good things a lot of really good wrestling uh in this show a lot of really good promos in this show there are some baffling nonsense and some very strange decisions but you know what overall this is still a pretty good wrestling show man like it's still okay what worries us is the the future ahead because we're still wrapping up these storylines right yeah so even even the episode after takeover like the first one will be pretty interesting but yeah we're moving to a taped schedule boris i believe they're taping three episodes next week is that for sure even... is it for sure going to be taped um well as as for sure as like wrestling news is yeah. right it's been reported by numerous sources including i believe uh the matt man podcast and uh the wrestling observer newsletter so i think that's good enough for me yeah. same good enough yeah no yeah it just it's it's very very uh 
it's just it's just dark times, man. I couldn't imagine being a talent having to work with these like you know sudden restrictions underneath you. I couldn't imagine being a veteran there who thought they were building something and now their career is just completely thrown like a Johnny Gargano, a Tommaso Ciampa. Where where do they want to spend the rest of their careers? Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean. Exactly. It's it, it's really tough, and I you know at the end of the day, that's who I feel sorry for the talent. The and everyone behind the scenes, you know, we always talk about the talent, but there's other people involved in making a wrestling show and making NXT possible every Tuesday. And I feel sorry for these people because there's just so many unknowns right now, right? Like, who knows what's gonna happen? So, you know, talking about the 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 taped um, future of the show, you know, Jason sent us something where apparently the USA Network isn't too keen on this. Um, so you know, it's just it's just uh, an all around shit show to say the least. Right, and the, the quote that has been circulating out there is that it is not what we paid for. Yeah, right. Which is hard to argue. It's not what they paid for. USA is not paying for a taped show featuring you know like. C and D level wrestlers who Vince McMahon happens to like, but people don't know. Like that's yeah. not really what they signed up for here. They signed up for something that could compete with AEW Dynamite. That's what they were promised. That's what they're expecting. Yep. So in in that regard, it wouldn't surprise me to see NXT move back to one hour and back to the network eventually. Man, TV shows get canceled all the time, Boris. Yep. All the time. Better ones than this one. You know, and that's the thing. Like, and 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 that could be the goal, right? They could be on purpose. And again, this is Boris speculation at this point. Boris pessimism at this point. They could be on purposely doing this just to get off the USA Network. Because it does cost a shit ton of money to produce a show, especially live. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, so, yeah, again, all right, Matt. We have to do something. We're going to have fun. We're going to make jokes. But we have to try to stay positive. We have to have some uh, some Filipino optimism. Some Filipino positivity in this show here, NXT Talk. Are we getting a run-in? Is that what you're saying, Boris? No, no, no. I'm just saying in general. Oh. We need to oh, okay. you know, we need to be the light. <laughs> the light that that keeps yes. the, the the black and yellow brand going. If no one else Absolutely, is gonna be buddy. talking about it, if no one else wants to be happy about Ilya Dragonov versus Roderick Strong, um, you know, by God, Matthew and Boris will. Hey, man, like I said, there are silver linings to these dark, dark clouds. It's just the future that lies ahead, you know, is going to be it just there is a storm of brewing, Boris. But you know what? There was still a fun wrestling show to be enjoyed here this yep. week. And TakeOver will be good. And the first one after TakeOver will be good. And then all bets are off. Exactly. So talking about TakeOver, um, SummerSlam is this Saturday. Uh, there will be an after party with Jason. Mark and Dan on Saturday after SummerSlam. And then on Sunday, Matt, we're getting the call. We're, we're, we are going to carry and cross this show. We are going yeah. to be called up to the main roster as we are going to be joining Jason on the after party after NXT TakeOver 36 this Sunday. I'm excited. I'm, I'm torn between wrestling t-shirt or full funeral garb. We'll figure it out. Might light some candles and really Undertaker set the shirt. mood. Just wear an Undertaker yeah. shirt. You gotta yeah, just tow tow the in between. Are there any Paul Bear shirts? Do, do those exist? I, I don't know. I'm gonna try to find one of those. 
That's hilarious. Um, but yeah, so we're going to be on the after party. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so that is going to be on Sunday. But on tonight's show, we're going to be talking about NXT TV from August 17th. Then we're going to be talking about NXT UK from August 12th. Uh, and then, you know, like I said, we need to fill the show with something. So that something is some Q&A from the Facebook message board uh so i think this is something that we're going to regularly do we're going to try to have a little bit fun with it and you know like i said we're going to be the positive light in the nxt um storm clouds right now yeah we did this a little bit early on and it's a good idea to bring back especially now boris a great call on your part and uh yeah man let's uh let's just uh plow ahead because i do think you know there's a lot to talk about and like you said man there's a couple things to be positive about and there is some baffling nonsense yep and then we're going to wrap up the show with a NXT 36 preview. And the way that we do that is by going through our pick contest and talking about the matches and who we think is going to win each match. All right. So before we get started, Matteo, we have one piece of business to get through. And you know what that bad boy is? That is yes. our rating system. The Jor, our weekly rating system, because we are the young guns. We're done with star ratings. So, Matt, what do you think we should use this week? Well, Boris, we got a wedding uh, proposal oh here God. on this episode of NXT, so I think it's going to be something really... <laughs> I forgot about that. I already forgot about that. Uh, that's hilarious. Yeah, perhaps the least impactful and most out-of-nowhere proposal in wrestling history. This relationship is barely even warm yet. But uh, anyway, Boris, I think we should go maybe uh, questions popped, maybe engagement rings. I don't know. What do you think? What's a, some, some kind of wedding theme? Yeah, let's go. We can do whatever you want. You can make it up as we go. But it's going to be wedding-themed. There you go. No, it's just going to be... Each match is going to be out of five weddings. Out of out of five weddings. There we go. We're, well, well, yeah, we'll figure it out. Buddy. Oh, we, we are stumbling through this one, my friend. No, um, no. But, like I said... Uh, I'll bring it up when that shit show comes up later. All right, so... Uh, <laughs> oh, the show opens up with... A usual recap and hype real video package. And then we are live in the Capitol Wrestling Center as Malcolm Bivens is in the ring with the reminiscent, the what's left of Diamond Mine. Uh, so he says if there's one thing he dislikes, it's negativity. Me too, brother. Um, but if he's going to get negative, he's going to go full negative. And Kushida is a liar and a coward. But he gets it. He wouldn't want to defend his title against Roderick Strong either. So Rodery... Roderick Strong is offering up an open challenge. And Matt, do you know who answered said call? Tyler Rust. Nope, not him. (laughs) Oh, Lordy. It was Ilya Dragunov, my friend. This was a nice surprise, though, Boris. I was not expecting uh, a good opponent, for lack of a better term. I was expecting, honestly, somebody we hadn't really seen too much of. I actually halfway wanted to text you. I bet it's going to be Ikebinjiro who comes out and answers this call, and Roderick Strong just obliterates him, and that's how we start NXT. Thankfully, part of the silver linings of these dark NXT clouds, okay, the new structure of NXT television, Boris, appears to be a really good match at the start, a really good match at the end, and just a bunch of bullshit in the middle. Just a bunch of terrible fucking garbage in the middle. You see, here's but, the thing, well, you know, Matt. Here's the thing. Ended by some really good wrestling. They are going back to the same format that they had when the show was at its most successful. But here's the difference. It was one hour. So yeah. 
if you have a great match to start and a great match to close and a bunch of BS in the middle, that works for a one-hour show. ROH makes a living doing this, uh, you know? Um, AEW Rampage. Sure. We just did it. Sure. Let's, let's, sure. let's add them on the list. But on a two-hour show, we're talking about an hour and a half of BS. Yes, and actually a lot of the BS on this show was actually amazing. We saw some awesome promos, but then there were some really weird and, and uh, strange decisions, some some misfires. Yep. <sighs> so, yes, Ilya Dragunov answered the call. We ended up getting match number one, Ilya Dragunov versus Roderick Strong. Oh, man, did these guys have a good match. So a bunch of uh, Mac grappling to start, a bunch of hard-hitting blows to the head, to the body, um, and we even got some, uh, some, some crimson red. Yeah, so I think it was on Ilya Dragunov's rolling German suplex spot. It, it looked to me like Dragunov was not bleeding before the German suplexes and started bleeding immediately after the second German suplex. It looked like Roderick Strong landed on this guy's head and split him open. Am I? Yeah. Do you think I'm correct on that, Boris? I think so. So I went back after the show, and I think I, I, I again was distracted. But you are correct. During the German suplexes, during one he was fine. During the one after, during the next one, crimson red, all on the face. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So I believe that he suplexed Roderick Strong onto his own face and cut himself open. I think that's what happened there. Again, we might be incorrect. But yeah, this was this was an awesome match. This was a war. Ilya Dragunov was looking awesome. And if this was Ilya Dragunov versus like 2017 Roderick Strong, would have been amazing. Boris, I have a question. Does it feel like Roddy's kind of his heart isn't in it to you right now? Dude, his wife got let go. His stablemate got let go. Would your heart be in it? Absolutely not. No, man. I can understand. Well, it, I, I, I couldn't say absolutely not. But anyway, I can absolutely understand why Roderick Strong would be uh, distracted, disengaged, discouraged, if you will. But my question is, like, are you seeing that too, buddy? Because it really seems like his heart isn't in it to me. It yep. really seems like Roderick is – because the whole thing with Roderick Strong is that he's go, go, go. He's a mile a minute. And it seems like he's a step slower. But here's and the I thing. Don't think, is this – I don't think it's physical. Here's the thing. But it's hard to gauge because this new character, this new Diamond Mine version of Roderick Strong, that might be the character he's supposed – he's trying to portray as he's in the ring because, you know, the Fair. whole um, uh, uh, Undisputed Era breaking up, um, you know, him quitting, him, Malcolm Bivens and him forming Diamond Mine. So, you know, in my mind, in my head at least – this is the new Roderick Strong, but I wouldn't be surprised if you are correct and he is just completely disengaged with everything that's going on. Yeah, you might be right, man. I wouldn't put it past them, but in my opinion, I think telling the story that Diamond Mind is Diamond Mind is like fixing this guy. That's better achieved by letting him be like the strong, the badass, the quick intense wrestler in the ring you know i think like he he looks kind of more like a like a serious fighter and a ufc fighter when he's moving at a mile a minute versus yeah. at this pace yeah uh so after the german suplexes when he cut his forehead open uh dragonov with a matrix evasion and then he gets the cradle german suplex this wasn't enough as it was a close two call uh he was calling for the torpedo muscow but this was countered with a vicious knee holy crap did this knee look insane um but eventually uh, Ilya dragonov was able to get his torpedo muscow 
for the pinfall victory. Um, and that was the match. Yeah. So I wanted to highlight this because a lot of people uh, had a problem last week with Dakota Kai versus Sarai in their match. Sarai was just beaten, uh, beaten up Dakota. And then they felt like she kind of no sold it and shook it off to hit this finish. Now, Ilya Dragunov did not no sell this knee. He was feeling the effects of this knee and out of desperation, he hit his finisher because it was his last shot. He yep. took like a bottom of the ninth swing kind of thing. I really appreciated that because it was clear that that knee rocked Dragunov. He yeah. didn't stop selling. Yeah, and, and it was it was great because he kind of like, he fell, he did the Dean Ambrose, he did, you know, fell to the middle rope, and you can tell that he wasn't all there, and this was it, like, he's he's swinging, he's, this was his Hail Mary shot, um, so I yeah. really enjoyed that, uh, so yeah, Ilya Dragunov wins in 12 minutes, 12 seconds, Matt, how would you rate this match? Yeah, we're going to go uh, not quite great, but just a shade below. I think it could have been great uh, in a different world with uh, uh, Roderick Strong, who is fully motivated, or a different character. Anyway, we're going to go three and three-quarter questions popped for a 75% engagement percentage on this one, Boris. Love it. All right, so post-match, Ilya Dragunov calls out Walter but to no response. We then see Samoa Joe making his way into the Capital Wrestling Center tonight to send us to break. Back from commercial, we get one of those wonderful prime target videos. This time it was featuring Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah, I actually posted this in the NXT Facebook on the thread or whatever, if you want to check that out. It's all over social media, but that it is definitely in the NXT thread. This was great stuff. It went like four or five minutes. Definitely worth your time. These are always great. They have never, ever disappointed with one of these event centers. Prime targets. Yep. All right. Hit row. They are out. And Matthew. Matt. Mateo. I don't know why I do that all the time now. I got to stop doing that. <laughs> I kind of like it. Um, did you notice the chorus of booze from the next dress? Oh, not only did I notice it, I posted it on the FB. I was shocked by it. It seems like them throwing that lucha mask in the trash in a burning trash can. That didn't really sit well with people. I, I told feel like you. The subtlety. Oh, you were right, man. This is the thing. Wrestling fans are dumb <laughs> that's that's obviously an oversimplification we have a lot of there's a lot of intelligent wrestling fans out there especially like listeners of snme radio honestly there's some great discussion on our on our fb and just in general but could, could i back. think the <laughs> anyway but what i'm saying is i think the nuance and the subtlety of like the cultural disrespect of the grill thing is a little bit lost on wrestling fans like obviously that's that's a that's a slap in the face that is a cultural slap in the face and i don't think the the retaliation i don't think you know what i mean i i think it, it, the lucha thing seems so much worse to wrestling fans because exactly. that's a wrestling angle that's right? it that's exactly it here's the thing let's put this in social in in the social world in the real world you know wrestling fans are very you know we're very um, um, um into wrestling we know the wrestling world inside and out um you know and 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 you know like like bad bunny there's a disconnect sometimes we don't we, we don't know what happens in the real world outside of wrestling um so you know from a pure wrestling point of view they just stole the man's grill so what you know but they burned a luchador's mask. And in the wrestling world, that is a huge no-no. Yeah, that's like next level stuff. Like ripping a luchador's mask during a lucha match. 
though it happens in every Lucha match, is still incredibly disrespectful. It's seen as such an incredible dis- uh, disrespectful act that throwing one in a flaming garbage can, Boris, yep. you know what I mean? That's just heel. That's just heel maneuver. So I do think, yeah, I do think a little bit of the subtlety is lost on the crowd, perhaps. But I, I think like they did a pretty good job in getting Hit Row back to babyface in this one. Yep, exactly, because they had to do something. Because I had a feeling that they... They kind of knew that this was going to happen. But anyways, so Hit Row are out. BFAB gets on the mic and talks about Santos Escobar ripping Swerve's grill out. And he calls, and she calls Santos out saying it's on tonight. Escobar appears on the screen um, uh, and and uh, say that it was fun to take his grill, but he realizes he may have disrespected his culture. And he gets it. He saw Hit Row burn masks, but he doesn't trust his crew, so he's not going to bring the grill to him. But he's out in the parking lot. No Wild, no Mendoza. And if Swerve comes alone, he'll hand it over, and they can solve this like true gentlemen. Isaiah Swerve Scott heads outside and approaches Santos. And of course, here comes Joaquin Wild and Raul Mendoza to beat him down. Hit Row mobilize and head after him, but the Legado del Fantasma get their licks in. Top Dalla throws Wild into a garbage, uh, into a garage door, but Mendoza makes the save. BFAB has a steel pipe and starts whacking dudes. Dalla choke bombs Wild into the door. Swerve puts Escobar into the garage door a few times and takes his grill back. All right, gonna pontificate just for a little bit. So I'm worried this kind of made uh, uh, made our boy Swerve look like an idiot a little bit because he went out there by himself. But it was a crime of passion, you know, Boris. He was he was very angry and rightfully so. And I did like the fact that Santos said, "Well, I can't trust your crew, so you come out here." And then immediately his crew was a uh, just completely heel shitbags. I loved Top Dollar throwing someone into the door. Alak, Heaven Nash, Rey yes. Mysterio. That was the that was the shout out, and it was amazing. I uh, I believe it was Mendoza. I'm not sure. Um, and yeah, uh, B Fab. You said swinging a steel pipe, more of a piece of rubber, <laughs> but uh, she was certainly swinging it. It was it was meant to be a steel pipe. Things were being was swung. Fake. Yeah, it was it was reminiscent of the Vince Russo bats. You you can almost see it bend when they swung it, but it was yeah. it was it was fun. This was like there were I don't know. It was a little baffling. The way they set it up was a little like eh, I don't know about this. Like it kind of makes our boy Swerve look like an idiot to go see, out there by himself. Of course you're gonna thing. get junk. Like, but why does WWE suck at making faces? If I was writing this, this is what would have happened. We get this, we see Swerve walking out alone, but then we cut to the rest of Hit Row who already beat up Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza, and then they all beat up on Santos and the faces outsmart the heels for once and they get the grill back. Yeah, yeah, man, I love it. Or, like, you can even do it the exact same way they, they did it, except instead of having, you even have the shot where uh, the lackeys come out in behind Swerve because that was kind of an interesting camera shot. I feel like they just got they enamored with that camera shot, and that's why they did this entire sketch. But uh, what I would have had is just do that exact shot again with Swerve's crew. Just do that exact shot again with Hit Row rolling up on Legato and then have them brawl and then do the Swerve and Santos brawl and then no one looks like a dummy. Yep. But that was surely in Isaiah Swerve Scott maneuver. By God, back off! 
on, brother. Yeah, yeah I don't do. know. I <laughs> this was pretty good. I did like this, but there were there were nits to be picked here. It wasn't yeah. a perfect segment by any means. Here's the thing. At the end of the day, I know that they want to keep Legado strong, and I know that they also want to get the grill back. And um, Hit Row is going to win tonight. But there were different ways to get there, in my opinion, because yeah. at the end of the day, Legado still looks super strong. And Hit Row looks pretty stupid because, you know, they, they fell for the trap. Yeah, it didn't make me like Hit Row more necessarily because Swerve kind of looked like a dummy. It was a crime of passion. I get what they were going for. It's not going to kill Hit Row forever. You know what I mean? But I, I, I still kind of think they should lean into a double turn and just turn Hit Row back heel. That's what we've been saying, man. That's what we've been saying, and I agree 100% with you. I'm a fan of a heel hit row. All right, so let's move on. We get a WWE.com exclusive video of La Knight, LA Knight, training and bragging about how Ted DiBiase is going to be his butler after NXT TakeOver on Sunday, and he approaches Josh Briggs, my boy, and he promises him ten grand if he injures Cameron Grimes tonight in their match. I also like the little touch, five grand now, five grand after the job is done. A, because it's semi-realistic if you watch those kind of hitman shows and stuff. And B, because LA Knight's a prick and he wants to save his money. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I love that. Um, sure. So, yeah. Let's uh, let's let's do that. All right. Uh, so, we get an Imperium promo. Pretty simple. They're going to win the tag team titles. Um, and Walter is the greatest. Walter is the best. Yeah. I'm not I'm not telling you Walter is the rock or Stone Cold or Ric Flair, but Walter is a shockingly good promo, man. Shockingly good. Shockingly competent, perhaps. You know what I it is? Say. It's it's he, the way he delivers he's a, he's the lines, right? Like even shitty written um generic lines, he can he can deliver them just because of his persona. I think it just works well yeah. for him. Yeah, I agree. And they they don't give him hokey bullshit to say. They keep it pretty short, sweet, to the point, sports entertainment. They, you know, more very sports, similar less to Ilya Dragunov's promo last week, right? Again, c- corny, total sports entertainment, super wrestling, the type of stuff that we would watch as children on superstars, but it, it, it's effective in the wrestling world. So Walter says tonight isn't about him and Ilya. It's about Marcel Bartel and Fabian Aikner teaching MSK a lesson, and they concur. All right, so Million Dollar Man is on commentary for the next match as it's time for match number two, Cameron Grimes versus Josh Briggs. This match... Pretty simple. Grimes gets most of the offense. Grimes wins in two minutes, nine seconds with the cave in. Yeah, it's it's okay for a match to be short. You can have a five-star squash match. It exists. It's called Goldberg versus LaParca. But uh, anyway, this was not a five-star squash match. Boris, yeah, two minutes and it wasn't great. Josh Briggs, he's all right. He's fine. He's very new. He's better than like a Heidenreich. Take that back. He's all right. (laughs) <laughs> he's fine he's he's pretty good he's definitely you know he can improve there's there's a, there's some potential there but yeah this wasn't much of uh, much of anything i went two bowls out of rice pu- or two bowls of rice putting out of five it's a 40 percent exploding bird percentage for us <laughs> all right um so post-match night lays grimes out taunts dibiase um so and well, taunts and punches dibiase so you know Nice little setup to their match on Sunday. Um, anything you want to say? No, yeah, classic healing. I thought LA Knight did a really good job in two minutes on commentary. He said a couple things, honestly, but I thought he kept it kind of afloat. Uh, Ted DiBiase with a live mic, still a questionable decision, but at least there were three other people to jump in there. 
Yeah. All right. So uh, Johnny Gargano and, and Candice LeRae are hanging out when Indy Hartwell rolls up. They act disgusted when she relates the details of her last date with Dexter Loomis. Aside from the hot air balloon ride, which they have to admit is pretty cool. She threatens to get matching tattoos and wants to take things to the next level. To which Johnny says the real proof is wrestling as a team. Gargano asks how that cake tasted last week. And Hartwell says Dexter loved it and even had room for pie, which is, you know, a a, a joke that Vince Russo would make. You hear? Yeah, that was yeah straight out of WWE 1999. Pie yeah. references on your NXT program bar. And Matt, did you did you pick up the Triple H, the Uncle H reference? Yeah, a, a vague little reference. It turns out that Johnny Johnny referenced talking to the waiter yesterday at, at the at the restaurant last week. And uh, that they, he, he said that uh, Dexter and Indy were acting quite inappropriately, and he name dropped that the waiter's name was John Paul yep. Boris. Yeah, there you go. All right, so uh, back from commercial, Io Shirai. Oh fuck, I forgot about this. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, boy, have these titles gone in the shitter with one promo? Right, dude. That like, sushi thing just ruined the entire NXT Women's Tag Team Division. I understand. Also, the, the series of cuts. Yes, I understand that you needed to get the belt off of the way because congratulations, Candice LeRae is preggers. Now, what they've done to the belts with this odd couple pairing, you know, the, the borderline racist vignette at the sushi restaurant. Oh, man. I, like... To be honest, I even forgot that they were the champs. Yeah, man, same. Until they were came out here with the titles, because that promo last week was not, first of all, borderline racist is pretty generous. Second of all, yeah, it was not a tag team champion level promo, right? Like, yeah. oh my God. Dude, and, th- and this week it wasn't much better. So, Io Shirai, Zoe Stark are with the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling in Mackenzie Mitchell. Stark says they have completely different backgrounds. They don't speak the same language. But just like Rome wasn't built in a day, this friendship won't happen overnight. Shirai cuts her off and says they're not friends. And it's only about defending the titles as she walks away. And then Stark mumbles so- something to uh, Mackenzie Mitchell. And that was that. Yeah, so Zoe Stark is basically slightly more intelligent female Matt Riddle, and Io Shirai is Japanese shorter Randy Orton. And that is where we are at. Wow, you have just, like, destroyed the entire NXT (laughs) women's tag team division with that comment. What what are we dealing with here? Am I wrong? Tell me I'm wrong. That's the issue. It's the exact same angle. It's the exact same angle. It's it's the rookie, the dumb idiot rookie with the veteran who begrudgingly will come to accept them after kicking their ass probably numerous times. Oh my god! All right, so time for mixed tag team wrestling. Hey Matt, do you remember the last mixed tag team match that we had? So one half of that match, I believe, was uh, Jake Atlas and Mercedes Martinez. How are they doing these days? Um, collecting money at home. That's how they're doing these days. So okay. I have a very it's it's horrible because before when this match was announced, I'm like, well, Jesse Kamea, Robert Stone, nice knowing you. So it was indexed <laughs> Dexter Loomis and Indy Hartwell versus Jesse Kamea and Robert Stone in a mixed tag match. This match was exactly what you think it was going to be. However. I have to say that while the in-ring wasn't the best, the crowd was into this. They are into Index, and that's cool. Yep. Um, 
And Indy Hartwell, she is she she's a good performer. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, Indy's really be, like improving a lot. She's a great promo. I mean, the great is strong. She's becoming a fun promo. She's a she's a good good speaker and she's charismatic. She could perhaps one day become a great promo. And same with her ring work. She's a good wrestler. She's charismatic in the ring. She's a good babyface. I like her more as a babyface than a heel, despite her size. I think she's more suited to be a babyface in the ring. I re- I'm really digging Indy lately. Yep. She's she's putting it together. And it was really cool because their entrance. They had like you know they 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 Indy Hartwell was uh, was um, uh, mimicking. Uh, Dexter Loomis's entrance that was cool, but she yeah. kind of put her own spin into it. Um, I what I really liked that is you know close off in the beginning or close to the beginning of this match, uh, Frankie Monet was kicked out of ringside. Uh, so you know removing that that potential BS outside interference element was kind of cool. Other wrestling promotions should learn to do that more. Um, but I really like that because you know it's, it just removes that that BS element, right? Yeah, it was a little hokey at the start, but uh, yeah, I'm glad that they got it out of the way early. You kind of know that that was coming. It, it's happening a lot, the manager yes. rejections in WWE, I'm finding. Yeah, uh, but so, I would rather have that than what we see in AEW sometimes, where it's just pandemonium. And yeah. you know, the referees already have a hard time keeping things sane. But when you have, especially like the Matt Hardy brand and whatever, you know, it just it just becomes too much. So I'm okay with it. But again, once again, WWE and AEW do polar opposites and the extreme of things. Can't we just find something nice in the middle, guys? Exactly. And they kind of do both of them too much, you know, like yes, WWE is doing exactly. this too much. And AEW, a lot of their matches devolve into chaos and anarchy. But yeah, yeah so I think Robert Stone was hilarious. I like him more as a wrestler than I do as a manager simply because Boris, when you're a wrestler, you have to kind of play to the back uh, of the room as they say. Right. But when you're a manager, I think you need to dial it back a little bit. Sometimes you need to like be more measured. Sometimes you need to cut a chill promo. You can't always be screaming at the top of your lungs like a fucking dumb banshee. You know what I mean? And that's where I think Robert Stone is at. I think he's just constantly going nuclear, as they say. And I don't think that's necessarily proper for a manager. I don't think that's what you want. That's not what I want to see. But that is kind of what a wrestler needs to be. So I think he's way better as a wrestler. Yep. It's kind of funny because I prefer Drake Maverick as a manager than a wrestler. That's interesting. But you know what? Drake Maverick has a little more subtle humor. There is more subtlety to Drake Maverick than Robert Stone, yeah. for sure. Yep. And um, Robert Stone at one point went for a plancha. He fell way short, and Camilla tries to <laughs> nail Dexter with a forearm to no avail. Indy goes after her, smashes her into the Lexan, and then back inside, rock bottom into the silence as... And the outside, uh, Dexter Loomis puts a silence on Robert Stone of his own. So we get stereo silence, which I never thought I would ever say that in like those combination of words. <laughs> but that, that that was the end of the match. So um, Index wins at 9 minutes and 18 seconds via submission. Yeah, Indy wins with Dexter's finish. That was cute. There was one more spot that I wanted to highlight when like, uh, Indy was in a submission and Dexter was like just staring at Indy and they were like staring at each other's eyes and Indy was fighting to the ropes. But it was like, Dexter, it's a mixed tag team match. You can reach out for a tag and if she tags you, that would break the submission. Yeah. So it was like, 
if 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 they're gonna go like long term heel crazy twist it could perhaps be a little seed if this was a smarter better wrestling company that could be a little seed of dexter going full crazy heel and he's like always like never cared about her and been a psychopath this entire time right Right. exactly so let's talk about the post-match shenanigans and i call it shenanigans because that's what it was to me um before we rate this bad boy. So post-match, Loomis and Hartwell stare intensely into each other's eyes. Indy goes to Beth Phoenix at ringside and gets a little pep talk before returning to the ring, approaching Dexter, and then she gets on one knee, pulls out a ring, Loomis nods his ascent, and she puts the ring on him And as they smooch. So there you go. In Matt, 1991, SummerSlam had a match made in heaven, a match made in hell, and here in 2021, we are having a match made in purgatory. Literally, the Capitol Wrestling Center, the definition of purgatory. Oh my god, I I didn't even think about that. (laughs) (laughs) It is literally in wrestling purgatory. Oh, that's hilarious, my friend. That's absolutely amazing. So they're getting engaged. They're getting, the kids are finally doing it, Boris, after dating for a week and a half. Sure. (laughs) Oh, man. So it was funny that they did actually kiss this time. For the first time, I believe, in their entire relationship, they actually did kiss on camera. So at least they, they're they comfortable enough to do that. Um, like I alluded to, I think this would be most interesting if Dexter goes full heel at the wedding. But that's, is, I don't know what they're going to do here. Question for you, Matt. Is this their way of writing Indy Hartwell out of NXT because she has been getting a lot of dark matches on SmackDown. I think she is quote unquote destined for the main roster at this point. Is this their way to write her off of NXT? So you might be right, but my question to you is how does a wedding write someone out? Like wouldn't a wedding, wouldn't that theoretically lead to new stories, new potential like character development that you could like, I to me that's like the start of a new chapter in someone's career, not like the way to send them away, you know. And you might be right. I just don't know how it's achieved. I'm trying to think, and someone Bob Kapoor can probably yell at me right now, but I think I want to say that Chelsea Green was written off of Impact after the wedding, huh? When the butcher eventually smooched alley i don't even remember but i just remember seeing like clips on twitter um or may- maybe that's when they wrote out maria i don't know but you know so- something can happen she gets embarrassed yeah, she runs away be. she runs she, maybe she, that's what it is or oh dude she runs off it's- with with um with uh what's his name the other dude guy Hudson? The, the other guy in the way gargano the other the, the other guy no, Austin Theory. Austin Theory, that's it. Oh, yeah, just because we haven't seen him in so long. That's interesting. And they become a couple? Huh. Or I wonder. They become a couple and they run away, but then never reference again because yeah. they're on the main roster and it's not canon anymore because WWE is a piece of... Anyways. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so uh, the way the way to write Indy off and turn Dexter heel in this whole thing, it, it kind of writes itself, right? You just have yeah. Dexter do some kind of dastardly act, and then Indy goes away for a couple weeks and shows up on the main roster, and Dexter is actually the heel that he's supposed to be this whole time, in yeah. my opinion, right? Here's the thing. Anyway. Dexter, the revival, is coming out September, October. I wouldn't be surprised if they he's a heel by then. Yeah, right? 
So makes a lot of sense, man. And and Halloween time. He's spooky. That's that's Dexter season. Anyway, so uh, if you were if you're rating this on the Dave Meltzer scale of like moves that were done in the ring, this is like arguably a negative star match. This was pretty terrible. But the way we look at it and we rate matches, Boris, the crowd was super into it. God bless them. And, you know, they, I think that this story, as as completely confusing and as ridiculous as it is, I think the crowd is sort of into it. I still think it's a fail. Inarguably, it's a fail. But they 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 worked hard, and there were some good in this. So we're gonna go uh, two engagement rings out of five here. It's a forty percent Beth Phoenix pep talk percentage. Love it. Um, yeah, we're spending way too much talking about this. Too much time talking <laughs> about this. All right, so um, back from the commercial, Roderick Strong is interviewed backstage by the one, the only, the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell. Malcolm Bivens rolls up and says Ilya Dragunov is a heavyweight, so as far as he's concerned, the match never happened, and Strong is still focused on being the number one contender to the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Yeah, Bivens is great. Uh, I like that little bit of healing. Like, oh, no, this match didn't happen because Roderick Strong's a cruiserweight. He wrestled a heavyweight, even though Dragunov looks to be the exact same size as Roderick Strong. In fact, even smaller. Yeah. So, yeah, that was fun. I liked it. Uh, Bivens Bivens can speak uh, twice or three times on every television show. Dude, he needs to talk more. Like, at this point, like, uh, I don't know why I'm sounding like a valley girl right now but at this point i really feel that malcolm bivens is the only thing that can save roderick strong and what's left of diamond mine that seems like it man definitely seems like it he's doing yeoman's work yep Okay, Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai are interviewed via satellite by Beth Phoenix. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez says from the moment she showed up at NXT TakeOver a year ago, she knew what she was getting into and that Kai would betray her one day. I I didn't like that line because it's like if you knew it, then why did you cry when it happened? Anyways, Dakota says those are big words from Big Mama Cool, but how tough was she when she knocked her out two weeks ago? Raquel says she's dominated the division and she's a superstar now and Kai isn't taking the title off of her. Dakota calls her delusional and says she kicked her face off before she could, put her hands up and taught her everything she knows. She made her a somebody and at TakeOver 36, she's going to be the somebody that she beats to become champion. Gonzalez is skeptical and wishes her luck, saying there's nobody on this planet like her. Kai might be one of the best in the world, I love that, but she doesn't have a real bone in her body, and she is just here to use people. Dakota says she can call her what she wants, but she'll be calling her champion after Sunday. Raquel calls her a sidekick, Kai fumes, and that, my friend, is that. Yeah, and there's your go-home angle. And you know what? I actually really like this promo. Same. I thought both ladies did an excellent job. Uh, Raquel especially kind of impressed me. I thought she outshone Dakota here on the mic. I thought she did way better. Yeah, I, I think so overall. I think so overall. But I was kind of distracted. But sure. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, a good performance all around by Raquel and <laughs> Dakota. <laughs> For sure. All right, so it is time for Carmelo Hayes versus Duke Hudson in the NXT Breakout Tournament semifinals. Man, oh man, Carmelo Hayes is so freaking good. Duke Hudson, dude, I love this guy so much as a heel. He honestly is the next Wade Barrett. 
Yeah, he definitely has. I Wade Barrett's a better worker for sure at this moment. Like Wade Barrett in his prime was a better wrestler than Duke Hudson is now. But yeah. Duke Hudson definitely has that vibe. Definitely has that feel about him. And uh, yeah, I like I, I like this Duke Hudson for sure. He needs he needs to develop though. He is not necessarily a good wrestler yet. No, dude, don't worry. It's developmental. Remember exactly, exactly. And he's got he's got the height, Boris, so he might be okay. Yep, so Carmelo Hayes wins by pinfall after a diving guillotine leg drop at 8 minutes and 58 seconds. Honestly, this this, this uh, match had a lot. Um, I really enjoyed this match, but again, it's the NXT breakout tournament. As Matt said, Duke Hudson is a little on the green side, so there were a little cough-ups here and there. But overall, I think the match worked really well. Um, there were times that they did the one thing I hate the most about wrestling, and that is waiting for the next spot. But again... Rookies, rookies, rookies. That's what I'm going to keep it to. But like I said, overall, I enjoyed this match. Um, and I think Carmelo Hayes is, you know, I don't, I, I, I want to say destined to be a star. But what do we know? This is NXT. Like, who knows? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. In a fair world, in a just world, Boris, he'd be destined to be a star. But yeah, all bets are off. Yeah. Um, even when NXT was firing, it was no guarantee, you know, so. Yeah, but here's but the I, thing. I thought this was... Like we talked about last week, and I think this is a time, once again, to remind our awesome listeners about this. You know, we complained so many times that once NXT wrestlers ended up on the main roster, they weren't used properly because Vince, at the end of the day, didn't understand these characters. So, you know, I feel like now with Vince's foot uh, fingerprints and his, uh, I was going to say his DNA, but that's that's a Vince Russo joke. <laughs> and, his, and, you know, and his vision in NXT, he's going to create wrestlers that he can call up and know how to use already. Exactly. And at the end of the day, if this is trying to get people ready for our SmackDown, then these are necessary changes, man, as much as we loved what NXT used to be. Uh, please, for the love of God, Vince, do not uh, inject your DNA into this show, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. but, no, yeah, but here's so the I thing. Would, uh... Like, Here's the thing. Um, like, yeah, it's it's it's, you know. NXT was put in the most awkward of situations, in my opinion. Like, they were awesome. Guys were being called up. Yeah, they weren't being used properly, but NXT was the hottest brand in WWE. Um, and unfortunately, the expectations were very high for NXT when it became time to go up against AEW. And like we reminded people plenty of times, as other people reminded people plenty of times, NXT was still develop developmental. There was that like awkward phase where it's like, is it developmental? It always was at the end of the day, right? So you have a developmental league going up against AEW. Let's be honest. If AEW didn't win, that would have been horrible for AEW. Oh, no, I mean, it wouldn't have survived. It would have, you know what I mean? That would have been the entire thing. But man, when we started this podcast in October... And it was still the Wednesday Night Wars, which seems like a lifetime ago right now. But uh, we, like, routinely said, hey, like, NXT had the better match than mm -hmm. AEW this week. Or AEW had one or two better matches, but NXT had three or four better promos. Mm -hmm. NXT was hanging right in there until about the end. And then it seemed like they were starting to tap out in this fight a little bit. And now we're here. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I don't know. 
In terms of uh, speaking of speaking of all this, uh, and in terms of uh, runners up, we're gonna go two and a half bridesmaids out of five for the previous match. It's a fifty percent maid of honor percentage, Boris. It's a Mendoza line match: Carmelo really? Hayes versus Duke Hudson. That yep. low? Yeah, we're going that low. I, like I said, like I wasn't super impressed with Duke Hudson. Carmelo got a couple high spots in, but I felt like it was a pretty average wrestling match. I don't know. I, I would. I personally would have given it a three at least. That's just me. Nice. All right. Yeah. Fair All enough. Right. All right. So post match, Hayes is interviewed on the stage. He says he called his shot two weeks ago, and he kept his word. And he beats guys two, three times his size the whole way up. And just like a video game, they gotta face the final boss. And here's the plot twist: he's the final boss, not Odyssey Jones. Enter Jones clapping. He laughs at the idea of Carmelo being the final boss, saying the whole NXT universe. NXT Universe is going to sound the alarm after he wins next week. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you just leapt out of your own body with rage there mid-word. That was hilarious. What's wrong? Like, I, mean, I can't even hide my disgust with some of the lines that they use sometimes. Oh, my God. That's, yeah, it is truly disgusting. But you know what? I did like Odyssey here. I thought yes. he was pretty good. All right. All right. Latino... Well, no, Latino pessimism is not good. Filipino positivity, Boris. Get your Filipino positivity. <laughs> no, but this is honestly really good. I really liked Odyssey Jones. Um, personally, I think Odyssey Jones is going to win the tournament, but Carmelo Hayes is going to come out, you know, the the superstar in, in that sense of the word, in NXT world. Yeah. It'd be interesting if they had him, because they are telling the story that he's, he's being the giant killer so far, but I think Odyssey Jones will all overwhelm him in the end. I do agree with you, buddy. And I picked it at the start. Yeah. you. Yes, you did. Um, make it the match where Odyssey Jones just completely destroys Carmelo Hayes, and Carmelo Hayes never gives up. And then you have your clear-cut baby face moving forward. Yeah, million percent agree with your fantasy book there, buddy. All right, we get a video package for JC Jane. I, for a second, thought it was Isla Dawn. <laughs> No, I yeah, because it was the exact same as the one the last week. As I know, Gigi Dora. I know, but I know, but I'm just saying. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. Joke. I just want Isla Dawn to show up on no. NXT. <laughs> <laughs> just big Isla Dawn fan. Can't yeah, can't, hate, can't hate you for that, buddy. All right, MSK are getting fired up backstage as they send us to break. Back from commercial, Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase visit. Ted DiBiase visits Cameron Grimes in the trainer's room. He apologizes, but Grimes says he's got himself into this mess, and all Ted did was give him the opportunity to win the Million Dollar Championship he wanted. But when he stopped believing in himself, the Million Dollar Man believed in him, and he ain't a butler. He tears his shirt off, says there's going to be a Million Dollar Champion going to the moon. I loved this promo. I, it was here. really, really good. He was screaming his ass off at the end of it with the two of the moon, which is, it works for Cameron Grimes. I wouldn't like it if every wrestler screamed to this degree in every promo. But uh, yeah, this was awesome. This was really good stuff. Yep. I, I loved it. Um, yeah. Cameron Grimes is just so freaking good. And I, I hope, I hope we see more of him moving forward. You know, like yes, yeah, he's one of the Absolutely. guys that I'm worried about. Oh, for sure. And you know what sucks? He's the best baby face in WWE, probably. The single best one. Yeah. Yeah. Like, maybe would maybe Matt Riddle is better? Yeah. Yeah, true. Matt Matt Riddle is like 
I, I guess they're both equally goofy. I was going to say Matt Riddle is goofier, but nah, this guy's pretty goofy, Boris. Cameron yeah. Grimes pretty goofy. All right, so Imperium, Fabian Aikner and Marcel Bartel versus MSK, Nash Carter, and Wesley for the NXT Tag Team Championship. Dude, exactly what you would think this from this match. was awesome. Match. Yeah. This match was great. I loved this match. They were going a mile a minute the whole time. And yeah, this is just a really great, fast-paced, entertaining action. And they played off the uh, finish of last week's NXT, I thought, pretty well. Put a little seed of doubt in your mind. Yeah, I thought this was a very clever, awesome wrestling match. Great stuff. Yeah. All right, so Carter was tagged in, hammering Aikner, Inziguri. Um, we ended up uh, getting a tag to Wesley. They do the shoving, standing, shooting star press. Walter distracts the referee. Um, Imperium have Lee set. Ilya Dragunov runs out. Carter is able to disrupt. Nash tags in. At the end of the day, we get the blockbuster, spinebuster combo by MSK for the win at 10 minutes, 58 seconds. So your winners and still champs, M. S K the must see kids. Yes. So the, uh, the pushy shooting star press thing, that's the hot fire flame. We yeah. still await a name for their finisher. Yep. Yep. The, yep. the 180 heart attack blockbuster thingy for yep. the victory. But this was a great match, man. I really, really enjoyed this match. We're going to go as high as four best men out of five for a, 80% Miro percentage on this one, Boris. It's an A minus, but it's a really good match. It was a great wrestling match to, to close out the main event of NXT, except for the final segment. Yep. If there's anything that you're going to watch match wise from this week's show, it is this match. Yeah, definitely this match. Like you said, uh, what did it go? 10 minutes, 10 58, uh, 10 58. There you go. Yeah, nice and easy, digestible 10-minute block of wrestling here. Yep. So post-match, we get a wild brawl, and Walter powerbombs Carter into the apron. Imperium get Dragunov in the ring alone, and Walter chokes him out. Yeah, it was, it was all right. So last week, we had Ilya hold the belt, and this week, we had Walter lay him out. Kind of seems like they're telegraphing a little bit that Ilya is going to leave with the NXT UK title, buddy. Yep, that's what I'm thinking. Now, um, let's put a pin on this because I have a very interesting question for you at the end of the next segment. So, we see Karrion Cross and Samoa Joe walking backstage in split screen as we go into break. Back from commercial, Pete Dunne is standing in front of a brick wall with Ridge Holland. Pete says, you don't step to geezers like them. And Rage says he doesn't care how long Timothy Thatcher and Tomasa Ciampa have been doing this, but he respects that they've got the bollocks to challenge him. He's going to make his name at Thatcher's expense next week. Um, commentary hypes up TakeOver 36, which we're going to get to at the pick contest. This is when Samoa Joe makes his entrance, gets on the mic. He calls Karen Cross out and says Venom seeps through his lips when he talks about him. He thought he'd look forward to this one last face-to-face -face more, but he realizes it's pointless. He's not a man here tonight to hurt Karen's feelings. He's simply here to hurt him. So tuck your clock in your back pocket and find out what happens when there's a little less space and a lot more opportunity between them. Uh Karrion Cross comes out. He says he's going to he's not going to let Joe walk in 36 months off and win the NXT championship and he's calling security down right now not to protect himself but to protect 
Joe. He gets in the ring and says he's going to drop Joe, but Samoa attacks first and knocks him down with a headbutt. Off the ropes, Joe dives into a pile of security guards. Uh, he takes Cross to the Lexan and to the apron, to the steps, hammering him with the punch with punches until security pulls him off. Cross throws him into the steel steps. Joe recovers and knocks him through a panel of Lexan and chain link. Fighting out past the barricade, wrestlers are trying to pull them apart, and they go through another Lexan panel, and as the show ends. Yeah, so hot, hot angle. A, a brawl to end this thing. I like it. They went through the barricade, fought into the crowd, and fought all the way back through the barricade from in the crowd. That was great. Uh, one thing that I will say is, obviously, the loss on Raw has hurt this carry and cross, man. There is no mystique left to this guy. Yep. He comes out. The music is gone. The crowd is chanting, where is Scarlet Adam? The crowd's chanting, Joe's going to kill you. He has to go, no, he's not. Like like some kind of petulant child. Like, I don't know. The, the, the mystique, the bloom is off this carry and cross, Rose, man. It's funny how quick 101 seconds actually just, just killed him. Yeah, dude, it's insane. And I feel like it really just uh, popped the bubble. It took out, took out every inch of me f- like looking forward to this match away like i am like yeah it'll probably be good but it's not a match that i'm looking forward to at all in fact my match of the weekend will likely be walter versus Ilya dragunov and matt my question to you is this have wwe and you let's take into consideration the 101 seconds but have wwe built up walter and dragunov better than cross and joe Yes, inarguably, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Now, yeah, th- th- you could argue that, like, without the loss on Raw, it's actually not that bad, this this Samoa Joe and Karrion Cross feud, but it's just you can't escape from that, man. It, they they completely ruined two years of build for Karrion Cross, and they started him back at square one with that loss, and that's where we're at with this feud. Exactly. That's exactly how I feel about it. Um, you know, unfortunately, a lot of the people who watch NXT probably don't watch NXT UK. So it's unfortunate because, you know, number one, they missed out on probably WWE's match of the year. But they don't understand how huge it is that Walter is going up against Ilya Dragunov again. Um, but, you know, like you said, inarguably, I believe that Walter and Dragunov, dude, I'm going to go as far as I want that match to close the show. Oof, oof, that's interesting. I don't think there's any chance of that. I agree with you, though, man. It should. I hope it does. I don't think it will, though. Yeah, I don't think so either, but that's that. So that is NXT TV, and dude, that was the go-home show. Again, it didn't feel like a go-home show. And, like, I'm trying to wrap my head around, is it just the, you know, the, 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 the pessimism around NXT? the clouds around NXT, the vultures circling around NXT, that's just draining me, like draining the energy, draining the like, draining yeah. just the, the, the enthusiasm away from me and, and NXT and TakeOver. Like it's really hard. And like I said, I'm we're trying to be as positive as, human, as humanly possible and we will be. But I feel like these are good talking points. Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah, man. Like they cooled off Karrion Cross to such a degree and he was pushed over everyone else in NXT so hard that it just there. Yeah, like it's not irreparable damage, but it's just like a huge chunk has been taken out. It's a huge crater 
that needs to be, you know, repaired. So it's going to take a long time, man. It's going to take a long time to rebuild that feeling, to rebuild that goodwill. And uh, yeah, I do think the show is, I, I think it's a little better than you're acting. The, but the, you watched it too, man. If that's how you feel, then that's how you feel. Yeah, man. no, and I'm sure a lot of and, and people, Matt, I, I'm sure a lot of people agree. I agree with you, though. The show is good. I enjoyed the show overall, but there's just this sinking feeling in my stomach. You know, it's like the end of a relationship when you know you're going to break up <laughs> with someone. You yeah. know it's over. It's just a matter of when. That's how I feel with NXT. I'm still having fun. We're still going on dates. You know, we're still doing the hanky-panky, but, you know, <laughs> it's just the enjoyment's not there anymore. I, I, I'm not I in love with NXT anymore. I don't want to uh, yeah. whisper sweet little nothings to NXT anymore. <laughs> I don't want to cook NXT breakfast in the morning anymore. I would kick NXT out of bed for eating crackers. <laughs> because man, you thought you th- it's funny. You thought NXT was the best you could get, man, because you've been with WWE for 20, 30 years, you know. But now there's another girl in town and her name is all elite wrestling. Her Morris, name is Rampage. <laughs> Exactly. And the grass indeed might be greener on the other side. No, man, I'm 100% there with you. Although I do feel like, again, if they stick to this formula, then I'm not ready to give up on NXT yet. And I don't know, as long as it's on the USA Network, there's no real reason to think that they won't do this. I'm worried about when shows are taped. They're going to tape a series of two-hour shows, like back to back to back. Those are going to be death for the 10 fans who are in attendance. Dude, look what happened. Those are going to be... A couple weeks ago, when when the like the last show of the last set of tapings from the Olympics, yeah. dude, that show was dreadful. Not because of match quality or anything, but because the crowd was silent. Yeah, exactly right. Because they sat through five and a half hours of NXT wrestling. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, it is. Right, it's, it's tough. So this like, is it. Me and NXT, we're gonna go to couples counseling. This weekend, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, we can work things out. I will try to do better. I will try to listen. I will, you know, I will tell NXT how I feel. Yeah. Get on Tinder. Start start, <laughs> start. swiping. Message ROH. Message MLW. Sup? Sup, girl? How you doing? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I love it. All right. So that's the show. Um, anything you want to say about the Go Home show before we move on to NXT UK? I mean, yeah, like it's it's all it, it, NXT is this could be the end. This could be the end. Uh, this is definitely the end of the era. But I don't know. I, I don't think it's that bad if they stick to this formula, if they're going to do one good match to start, one good match to close and develop their stories in the middle It'll be entertaining and it'll have enough good stuff. But yeah, the, the NXT we knew and loved, buddy, it's gone. No matter what you say about this, it's gone. Let's no hold. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna again Filip, Filipino positivity. The NXT we knew is gone. The NXT we loved, can, we can still love it again. But there is ah. gonna be change. Ah. There is gonna be change. And let's see what this change brings up. So without further ado, buddy, let's move on to NXT UK. You know that sound. It's time for NXT UK. So we're going to be talking about WWE NXT UK from August 12th, 2021. Again, 
It is the show that I look forward to the most each and every week. And dude, we watch a ton of wrestling. So for me to say that, you know, that's a huge compliment to NXT UK. And I am scared shitless about what's going to happen with NXT UK. In fact, we're going to be talking about that because someone did ask what we think is going to be happening. But before we get to the Q&A section, let's talk about this show. Overall, what did you think of this show? I really liked it. NXT UK, a quick, easy hour to watch. Uh, now that Rampage exists, it might not be the best one-hour wrestling show out there, but it has been traditionally the best one-hour wrestling show on TV, easily the best hour of WWE TV. You know, yes, you're right about Rampage, but Rampage right now is going to start off hot. Last week was great. This week... You know, it's going to get a cult of personality. We're going to see what happens. I think it's going to be fantastic. But let's see how Rampage is like, you know, three, four months down the road. Oh, a million percent agree with you. Yeah, it's just like it's worth noting that, hey, like uh, that's another potential blow to the NXT. Just more and more eyes, more things to watch. But yeah, if you are watching NXT UK, you will be rewarded. This show is very good. Yep, so match number one is Flash Morgan Webster with Subculture in his corner versus Wolfgang. Man, I really enjoy Flash Morgan Webster. I enjoy all of um, Subculture, including Danny Luna. She's awesome. I really like these uh, the the three of them. And Wolfgang, he, again, he's kind of like, you know, he's just, he's just a big guy who knows how to wrestle. Yeah, just a big ass-kicking hoss. I like this big man versus little man match. It's pretty much exactly what you expected it to be, but that doesn't mean bad. It was very, very good. Uh, I enjoyed the the whole setup to this with Webster slapping Wolfgang in the mouth and running away, and then Wolfgang acting so shocked and running after him. That was just great. That's all it needed to be, and this match lived up to that. Uh, What did you think about the finish to this one? Oh, man, this is kind of weird. It was was actually really weird. Um, So... It, it's it's it, it came kind of out of nowhere in a sense uh but uh you know he like yeah he won with a spear right but after yeah. all this offense from flash morgan website so i think if anything it builds up uh wolfgang as like that indestructible guy um but it didn't hurt flash morgan webster in my opinion i agree well especially because the size difference is such yeah. that if if a little guy shows enough fire versus a big guy and the big guy ends up overwhelming him in the end, then I don't think it, it makes the little guy look so bad, you know? And this was that. The spear that Wolfgang hit on Flash Morgan was awesome. It was yes. more spine buster than spear. Yeah. He got him way up in the air. It was. It looked awesome, though. It looked really good. Yeah. So your winner was Wolfgang. Uh, it was then announced. Or, so, sorry. Stop, Boris. <laughs> How many crumpets, how many uh, supernovas would you give this? I would give this three and a half super spears out of five. 70% crumpet percentage on this one, Boris. Yep. So it was announced that in two weeks, Joe Coffey and Rampage Brown are going to continue their epic rivalry in a pinfall or knockout match. So, you know, all I could think was, you know, one of these guys are going to pretend the other man stole his Yorkshire pudding and he's going (laughs) to get a whooping for it. Yes, UFC rules, submission or knockout, no pinfalls. Yep. So backstage, Mark Andrews and Danny Luna talk about Andrews' big match against Noam Dar later on. Isla Dawn, God bless you, sneaks into their interview. She and Luna start getting into it. Just generally creeping around. Yep. 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 That goes to show you. Anyways. (laughs) I need to see a therapist. Um, At the UK (laughs) Performance Center, Mustache Mountain, Tyler Bate, and Trent Seven are eager for their NXT UK tag team title match against 
pretty deadly. And that match is actually going to happen this Thursday. Yeah, this so uh, day from the time that you're listening to this, you it might have already happened by the time that you're hearing this. If so, go check it out because I'm sure that one's going to be really good. Yep, I, I I love Pretty Deadly. Like I love their '80s motif. Like and yeah. you know, it's just they're a fun team. They're a really fun team. Um, million percent agree. Yep. Earlier this week, assistant to the GM Sid Scala announces that in two weeks, Ginny will face Afi Alfi. Afi, oh my god, oh, I'm losing my mind. I think you're right. Afi Valkyrie, yeah, it's Afi Valkyrie. I know, no just DQ match, right? Yep, yeah. in a no DQ so, match, Ginny's partner Joseph Connors will be allowed at ringside, but he'll be locked in a shark cage. Ginny is not too happy about this, yeah. So, shark cage, but not suspended from the roof, just shark cage at ringside, which yep. is interesting because he knows something's gonna happen. She's gonna, yeah, yeah. guaranteed. Um, next match, Nina Samuels versus Amal. Yeah, I was surprised again at how good Amal is in the ring. She's actually a real wrestler. She's not just a pretty face. Uh, Nina Samuels has a full superstar level entrance up there with Frankie Monet, like fully ready to go main roster level entrance. Yep. At least I'm not sure if she's a main roster wrestler yet, is- but her entrance is all the way there. Yeah, this was a shockingly good match. And another, like, you know, spine buster-ish finish, uh, but we get a name to the move. Uh, She calls it the, Amal calls it the heartbreaker. Yeah, it's like a rock bottom spine buster-ish thing. It's honestly not the strongest finish. She probably needs a new finish, but whatever. Boris, I'll tell you this. Maybe it's a hot take. I like this match more than I like Carmelo Hayes versus Duke Hudson. I'm going three crumpets out of five for this one. It was a better wrestling match. I promise you. Wow. Wow. Short, to the point, hard hitting. Everything made sense. Put over the new wrestler, Amal. It was great. Sure. Okay, cool. That was good. (laughs) Three out of five. Sure, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, We get a Walter Ilya Dragunov promo. Backstage, Saxon Huxley interrupts Symbiosis interview. Um, Next week, Maiko Satamora will put her NXT UK Women's Championship on the line against Stevie Turner. Um, The NXT UK Tag Team Champions pretty deadly heard Mustache Mountain's message from earlier. They promised to cement their legacy against the best team in NXT that NXT UK can offer in their title bout next week. So I'm really looking forward to this match a lot. Then, dude, I want that, um, the, uh, the sports jacket that one of the guys from Pretty Deadly was wearing, the, uh, like the, oh, the flannel. Yeah, yeah I feel you. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, that's old. like you're saying, that old school vibe that Pretty Deadly has is just amazing. Yeah, that was, that was fresh. That was definitely tight. Yeah, so dude, we have two tag team or two championship matches on this week's edition of NXT UK because we have the women's championship, Michael Sam- uh, Satamora versus Stevie Turner, and we have the tag team championship as Pretty Deadly goes up against Mustache Mountain. So it's time for the main event. Um, so the quarterfinals of the tournament for the Heritage Cup will begin as Mark Andrews takes on Noam Dar. Their match and all matches in this tournament going forward will follow the Heritage Cup rules with six three-minute rounds until an opponent can score two points, thus crowning them the winner. Yes, sir. Absolutely. We love these matches around these parts, Boris, and this one lived up to that hype. I have yet to see a bad Heritage Cup match. 
And this one went the distance. This one went all the way to round number five. I got to correct you on that, Boris. You've said this, uh, I, I think it goes to six rounds. I can't tell you why they chose six instead of five, but I sure. think these matches are actually six rounds. Sure. Went, went to five rounds. Whatever. What do I know? <laughs> anyway, yeah, you, you'd think like common sense would dictate that these would be five rounds. That's just seems like a normal number. UFC uses five rounds for big title fights. For example, uh, six just doesn't seem like it makes any sense, but that's neither here nor there. I really enjoyed this a lot. I love Noam Dar. What a sleaze bag. Just 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 a sleazy dirty heel. He's not he's not the best in-ring wrestler. He's not Kenny Omega, but he's a very competent, very good wrestler. He he knows how to get his character across in the ring, which I love and appreciate. Love me some Noam Dar. Yep, it was such a good match overall. Um, Noam Dar is so good. Like, I always, honestly, like, we have to remember, this guy's been around since the cruiserweight division has started, and he's been around for a reason. Yeah, he had he's had injuries, he's had some bad luck, but he was one of the few cruiserweights that wasn't the cruiserweight champion that would regularly show up on Raw. Like, there was a reason for that. Yeah, yeah absolutely, because he had the most personality, arguably, of anyone not named Enzo Amore in the cruiserweight division. Yep, so Noam Dar ends up winning two to one in the fifth round and matt i did check the official rules you are correct six rounds six three minute rounds so yeah this one i believe went 15 30 ish overall noam dire defeats mark andrews two falls to one this was an awesome match i'm going three and three quarter supernova out of five 75 percent b plus love these matches and they, they just tell a concise, clear story, and you get two characters doing doing smart things. They can do all kinds of things with the round system, with the falls. These are just always good, clever matches, man. They're, yep. uh, they always work. Very similar to the pure rules in ROH. So, you know, it, it's, uh, it's just different ways to showcase a fight in a wrestling show is something that I really do appreciate, especially when the rules make sense. Yeah. 100% agree with you, buddy. So, yeah, so next week on NXT UK, we have, like you said, two title matches, title Thursday. We got the tag team champions pretty deadly against Mustache Mountain, and we got Miko Satomura against Stevie Turner. Presumably, we will also have a first-round match in the Heritage Cup tournament. In two weeks, we have Rampage Brown versus Joe Coffey in that submission Wait, or on. knockout Not two match. weeks. Not two weeks. It's It's a fortnight. <laughs> Sorry, jolly good sir. Uh, in a fortnight, Rampage Brown versus Joe Coffey, submission or knockout match. Also, Ginny versus Afy Valkyrie in a no DQ match of their own, with Joseph Connors in a shark cage, and again, presumably a first round Heritage Cup match. Yep. All right. So that's NXT UK. Um, let's let's go to Q&A my friend so uh, I think this is something that we're going to start doing regularly I'm going to put the post up a little earlier um, you know you can even ask us random questions about us let's just have some fun with this I want to have fun let's uh, take up yeah. some time uh, but this week a lot of the questions seem to be more NXT focused um, so thank you to everyone that uh, posted uh, so if, uh, if I pronounce your name incorrectly don't hate on me I am so sorry um, so the first question came from Fraz Merz and he says, what does NXT stand for? I, I wanted to just have many jokes at this point, but I guess for the longest time it was said that it was for next. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> yeah. New extreme Tony. No, I don't know. Yeah. This is, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the real answer is next. It's, yep. uh, yeah, but who knows what is next for the NXT brand. Yep. All right. Paul York, good old Yorkie. What do you think will happen to NXT UK if NXT turns back into a developmental? Does it get dissolved? I mean, they've built a performance center in London. Yeah, just because they've built that performance center and they do, like, I don't think they're going to punt on Europe. You know what I mean? I still do think that they want to develop European talent. So I think it'll still survive. I think it'll still, well, I think the long-term goal that we're going to see is that NXT uh, stateside looks a lot more like NXT UK. Agreed. I think NXT UK is going to be the formula. Yep. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, overall, we've seen a lot of cuts on NXT. We luckily knock on everything made of wood, haven't seen cuts uh, come to NXT UK. And the reason for that is because, you know, they want the talent. Uh, this was their plan from the get-go, and I don't see them really moving away from this plan. For them to find worldwide talent and get them in the system, they're going to have to find somewhere to place them so nxt uk is that nxt uk at least um you know for for now is is only on the network so it kind of makes sense right like they're not really investing a shit ton of money per se unlike they are on the state side with live shows and events and whatnot it's what we should have said to the previous question nxt no extra talent but yeah, no, I 100% agree with you, buddy. Yeah, I think I think UK will be safe for the simple fact that they know that there's value in developing young European wrestlers, holding on to them, you know what I mean? Trying to get the Ben Carters, trying to get the Will Ospreys. I'm sure they won't get the Will Ospreys, but they've gotten the Ben Carters. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, Fit Finley, uh, what's his name? What's his son's name? Dave, yeah. true, true yeah. say. Dave Looks Finley like might be, be in NXT UK before long. Yep. All right. So Jake, Jake Eleanor says, I'm really surprised that SummerSlam and TakeOver this weekend swapped days and not seeing TakeOver in Vegas. Um, do you guys eventually see another NXT TakeOver on the road again in the future, much less in a sellout arena like the Barclays Center? Matt, what do you think? So it does seem like this is a period of punishment for NXT. But at the end of the day, I don't think Vince McMahon is a is a bad businessman. And I don't think he's going to cut off his nose to spite his own face over and over again. I can see him doing it once just to really hammer home to Triple H that they lost this thing. But I think eventually, why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they tour these if there's still a market for it? And there is. This one could have sold tickets. This one easily could have sold tickets yep. to the MGM Grand, to something in Las Vegas, man. It's like they said, it's like uh, J- uh, Jason and Mark said on the midweek markout today or yesterday. It is not like there's a shortage of venues in Las Vegas, Nevada. Yep. Here's the thing. Here's my take on this. Um, we talked when we touched on this already in the past, and, and, and um, you know, at the end of the day, for how many years have people during the big four weekends have said that NXT TakeOver was better? The main event of the weekend. So let's take a look at what's happening in the world. There's a pandemic right now. They probably don't want too many people out on the road um, because of so many things can happen. I kind of don't buy that too much. But because in the past, people have always said that NXT was the main event 
of the weekend, the more enjoyable WWE show of the weekend. You finally have this opportunity where you can have NXT on the Sunday. And the only reason it is on Sunday is because there are so many events going on this weekend in Vegas that they wanted, they being the Vegas organizers, the stadium operations people, wanted SummerSlam on the Saturday. So that forced NXT to be on the Sunday. If they rented out a anything in Vegas and it was the hottest show of the weekend. This is WWE's second biggest show of the year. Can you imagine how embarrassing that would be to the main roster, especially if you consider that everything that is going on between the power struggle, for lack of a better term, in WWE. So I think that they did this on purpose just to kind of cool the waters of NXT, not make it this huge spectacle. So they're keeping it low-key at the at the CWC this time around on purpose as a punishment and b the optics of nxt being the standout show of the weekend makes a lot of sense too and they're leaving after saturday right are they not are they sticking around as raw not in vegas on monday i believe right i have no idea to be honest yeah i'm almost i'm almost 100 percent certain that they're going a, a fair distance after because it's kind of a little random that they're in vegas but anyway I yeah the the whole point is yeah no I absolutely agree with you man it's yeah it, I I think if they were doing this pay per view on a Sunday they would still have an open spot on Saturday and it would make a lot of sense to do a smaller venue so I do think there will be more NXT takeovers in in different locations than the Capital Wrestling yep, Center and it was just announced forward. today that Survivor Series is going to be in Barclays we know the history of takeovers and the Barclays Center so exactly. you know my gut tells me that they will be going back to Brooklyn in November. Yeah, with absolutely no inside knowledge, I 100% agree. I would be shocked if they didn't do TakeOver Brooklyn 5, I believe it would be, right? Yep. All right, Joe Aguinaldo, given all the releases and the potential shift in NXT and what it becomes, where does that leave Triple H or HBK? Uh, Beating Omos and AJ Styles for the tag team titles on Raw. (laughs) Degeneration X. Oh, man, don't even (laughs) give them ideas. And it's going to happen at the next Saudi Arabian show. You heard it here first. <laughs> Along with the uh, the Queen of the Ring finals. <laughs> oh, my God. That's actually, I hope they don't do that. I really hope that's just a terrible fever dream of an idea. Can you imagine the Queen of the Ring, the first ever Queen of the Ring tournament, and the Queen is going to be crowned in Saudi Arabia under a bodysuit? Given what the fuck is everything the point? that is happening in the world right now, like... Absurd. Yeah. I don't even want to touch on those shows right now. So, yeah. um, honestly, they're going to keep doing their thing, you know, just under well, new orders from from father-in-law. This is the thing. Like, Triple H is married to his daughter. Vince McMahon has loved Shawn Michaels like a son since, like, 1994. He probably like, likes him more than Triple H, to be honest. <laughs> or Shane. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Shane O'Mac. He wanted to be Sean O'Mac this whole time. But no, I, I think like Vince McMahon, he's not going to just like, he's not going to fire Triple H and Shawn Michaels of all people. Like, they'll be fine, you know. But here's the thing. Again, like I said at the top of the show right now, you know, for, for you know, the, the, the other side of the coin is winning. Tomorrow, Sunday, hell, even Monday after Ilya Dragunov Walter 2 and Vince says, I like this shit. You know, for all that we know, 
he's going to change his mind and Triple H and HBK are going to get their way. Yeah, exactly. And again, this isn't necessarily saying that Triple H and Shawn Michaels aren't going to have any say over Vince McMahon. And Vince McMahon still isn't going to be around forever. Like, it's Vince, Triple H and Shawn Michaels will be fine. They just got to pivot a little bit. And these, in a lot of ways, these are necessary changes anyway, man. But in yeah, the grand scheme so, of things, and, yeah. Yeah. It, 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 does, it does suck that, like, it's just, uh, I don't know. It's just Vince McMahon's tastes are so antiquated that it's going to make for terrible wrestling because everything Vince McMahon touches is terrible wrestling. And here's the thing. You know, we've talked about this. I've talked about this on other shows. We've talked about this on NXT Talk. We talk about this on BAM. People, WWE is written, is made, produced for Vince. It has nothing to do with the fans. It is made to appease Vince McMahon. Yeah, one man, an audience of one. So with that said, Joe Aguinaldo then asks, does NXT keep its current writing staff or do they get writers from Raw and SmackDown to work on the product? Related to that question, does Vince take more of an active role in the tapings? So to the first part, I would say no, but who's to say? We don't know the inner workings. I would guess no, that that doesn't happen. The second part, yeah, I would think that is going to happen. I would think that's kind of like the whole worry is that that's going to happen more and more and more and more, right? Yeah, I agree. I agree 100% with you on both on both on both things right there. <sighs> Man, I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm just like sure. Let Let's bring it. Like you know what? Again, I gotta stay positive, Matt. I gotta stay positive. Oh man, I gotta You'll stay, be stay fine, positive. Buddy. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. Yeah. Like I said. It- We'll we got we got Bam going. This is this is we're in a good spot with NXT. Before we go too, we got to do uh, we got to quickly go through takeover pick contest. But I think we are probably going to each pick the exact same person in every single match. I think this is a very obvious card. Is what I'm trying to say. I think we're going five for five. The same person. I'd All be right, shocked if you picked any different. Okay, let's start with uh, LA Knight. Versus Cameron Grimes, singles match for the Million Dollar Championship. If Cameron Grimes loses, Ted DiBiase must become his butler, LA Knight. See, here's the issue. The fact that you even started this segment saying that we're going to go pick the same five, doesn't that go to show you that this entire card is a little too obvious? Which, again, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's not a bad thing because at the end of the day, the matches can be incredible. And sometimes going with the obvious choice is the right choice we don't need swerves bro all the time um but you know it, like just previewing these cards talking about these cards it's kind of like it's like oh okay yeah sure why not yeah exactly right man yeah no it seems like every not a one of these matches appear to be in doubt to me but we'll see yep all right so cameron grimes yeah, 100% agree. There's no way Ted DiBiase is going to be LA Knight's butler. That is a ridiculous and dumb story. Cameron Grimes gets a feel-good moment, wins the title. And the title yeah. goes back to Ted DiBiase, and we never see and hear from him for at least 10 years. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm okay with that. Uh, singles match for the NXT Women's Championship, Dakota Kai versus champion Raquel Gonzalez. See, this match, my gut says Raquel Gonzalez. But there's a very small part of me that thinks Raquel is going to go to the main roster and Dakota Kai is going to win, but I'm going to still have to go with Raquel Gonzalez. Interesting. I do think that uh, it's telegraphed enough 
that we would see Raquel have more dark matches than she's having. Dakota's having way more dark matches. It seems like Dakota's getting fast tracked. Seems like Dakota's actually moving up right now. Yeah. So, so Raquel. yeah. So I'm saying Raquel Gonzalez wins that as well. Yeah. So we're two for two. Next match, singles match for the NXT United Kingdom Championship, Ilya Dragunov versus the Great Volta. Oh, man. This match is honestly my main event of the weekend. Really looking forward to this. If you haven't seen Ilya Dragunov, Walter, one, go out of your way. It was one of the top matches of 2020, my top three matches of 2020 for sure. Um, And I think that this match will live up to the hype. And... Unfortunately, Walter, it is time to give up your 800-plus-day reign because Ilya Dragunov is going to win. Could Longfellow couldn't have said it better himself, buddy. 100% agree with you. Uh, Shout-out to the great Walter. One of the best wrestlers alive today. Arguably one of the top 100 of all time. That's an interesting... I, one day I'm going to sit down and make the top 100, and that's a, that's interesting. Walter might sneak his way in there. And that is when we but, cancel both of our shows. <laughs> yes, sir. But anyway, so I, I agree with you. Ilya Dragunov's going to win that. We are three for three lockstep, Boris. Going on to match number four, singles match for the NXT Championship, Carry On Cross champion versus Samoa Joe. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't care about this match whatsoever. Uh, Samoa Joe is going to win. Um, yep. And Karrion Cross is going to move up to Raw. And we'll see what yep. happens with Scarlett and his intro. Yep, yep, yep. 100% agree. Uh, well, 98% agree. I care 2%. <laughs> so I do care a little bit. I still think I w- I'm gonna, I, I'm interested to see if Samoa Joe, with all this time off, can actually pull a good match, perhaps the best match of Cross's career out of him, kicking and screaming. Yeah, we'll see what happens. All right. This one actually kind of is tough to call in a lot of ways. But Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly, two out of three falls, three stages of hell, if you will. Fall one singles match, fall two street fight, fall three if necessary, inside the confines of a 15-foot high steel cage. Man, this match is going to be insane. There's so much to take into this match because they're, you know, you know, us, us, us being the, a part of the internet wrestling community, we obviously have read reports of the call and is he staying? Is he going? That meeting with Vince apparently went well. He was promised a lot. So based on that alone, on the fact that if he does stay, he's probably going to the main roster. Or if he doesn't stay, then he's gone from WWE altogether. So I'm going to have to say Kyle O'Reilly wins this match. Yeah, interesting. So I I was trying to talk myself into Adam Cole just to be different. Because if he does get called up to the main roster, if he does sign that deal, it makes a lot of sense for Adam Cole to win his last match in NXT and come up strong. Oh, you know what I mean? Especially if they don't care about NXT as a brand anymore and they care about developing wrestlers. That's how they should do it. Anyway, what I think is happening is Kyle O'Reilly wins and Adam Cole never wrestles in NXT again. They treat NXT like it's the brand that they've been treating it like. And Kyle O'Reilly wins because he's staying in the territory, quote unquote. Yeah. Regardless of what happens next to Adam Cole. Yeah. But it wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't blow my socks off to see Adam Cole actually win this. And it would be a pretty big shout that he's signing if he does. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And we'll see what happens. 
Who knows what's going to happen with Adam Cole? Um, but this match particularly, you know, I, 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 I can see kind of how you can talk yourself into Adam Cole. But, you know, I don't know. The obvious choice yeah. for me, the safe choice for me is Kyle O'Reilly. Exactly right, buddy. So, yeah, like I like I thought we might be, man. We agree in every single match on this card. It's the first time in our pick contest that that's ever happened. I think it might be the last time, too, because maybe at the end of the day, we'll probably just switch one out. But, yeah, so we'll see how this one goes. But uh, tough times for the black and yellow, black. And, hey, man, this might be the last time it's even black and yellow. We might get a new color scheme next week. Who knows? Man, who knows what's going to happen on NXT? But honestly, I am looking forward to it. I'm going to be positive. I'm going to be letting this in just like the fiend. Oh, he's been released, too. Oh, damn. <laughs> oh my lord oh, I was going to say I'm going to just let it in But uh, I don't even know anymore Alright guys so thank you so much for listening Just remember there are many ways that you can get a hold of us You can find us on the social medias At NXT TLK Podcast That's at NXT Talk Podcast You can also email us at show At NXT TLK podcast.com that show at nxt talk podcast.com go to ballergear.ca for all of your snme and nxt talk merch there's a lot of awesome new awesome shirts there's the hilarious midweek markout shirt um with you know a little little shout out to nxt uk um we have two female shirts we have uh the the lady friend shirt we have a uh a wife shirt that's a cool one. I love the designs on both of them. There's some really cool stuff. Go check them out. Ballergear.ca Collections SNME Radio. And then just remember to listen because coming up later on this week, well, tomorrow, you're going to get a new episode of BAM. This week, we actually have a ton of stuff to talk about. Obviously, there's ROH because I do cover ROH for Slam Wrestling each and every week. But we're also going to be talking about NJPW Resurgence, um, which was an awesome show. And we're going to be talking about AAA, Triple Mania. Kenny Omega, Andrade, and Ric Flair. Yeah, baby. Can't wait for that. we got a lot of good stuff coming up on BAM, too. A couple weeks, we're going to be doing a little SummerSlam 1991 look back because it'll be the 30-year anniversary. We tried to do that with 2001 this coming week, but you know what? The week was too loaded. But it looks like we're going to squeeze in the 1991 one. And, Boris, it's going to be awesome to talk about SummerSlam 1991 because there's a wedding on that show. Weddings and wrestling. Match Everyone's in, favorite. Match made in heaven. Match made in hell. But it's not going to live up to the match made in purgatory. <laughs> oh, man. We are deep, deep in the muck of purgatory now, brother. Yep. He's Matt. I'm Boris. The show is NXT Talk. Good night.